0: What's up everyone? We're back. Trash Talker. I just scare you there. I'll, I'll introduce him quick as we start up. We've got a bit of a foursome going on here. We got Mark Worthington, of course, Tate. Raise your eyebrows at a foursome, where, though. Probably not the first time. Mate, <laughs> no,
1: it's not the first time oh my God. Up. <laughs> this up for you to start off this after a little hiatus.
0: We have just jumped straight into the gutter right where we left off. We're here with Mark Worthington, Corey Homicide Williams, and SD from Three Wide No Cover. Welcome, SD. Oh boys, I now I know I've made it. I'm on Trash Talk, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> well, anyone that talks a lot of trash, we got to get them on the podcast, and we're going to run through a whole bunch of stuff today, give you a little bit of a preview on the upcoming international games, and a bit of a rundown on the ones that have just taken place, but before we jump into all the basketball talk, how have you guys been? It's been too long, what, six, seven weeks now?
1: It's been a while, it's been a while, it's been good, it's been different, because there's been so much that's happening in the basketball world, and... I know, it's weird not seeing you guys every week. Yeah, well, we say uh, no, no. We still talk every week, but when, <laughs> yeah, the trash talk. not get most, to talk shit every week. Most
0: definitely doesn't stop. But we've also got Homicide. You might think why his voice is a little rumbly at the moment. He's actually in the airport on his way for the game tonight, Canada and New Zealand. Homicide, what's your uh, departure time?
2: Well, my departure time is 10.30 10.30 uh, in the oh, Qantas club, okay, there we go. Is paying that period. one or is that the NBL? Yeah. That's the NBL. Oh, there we go, there we go, there we go. So now yeah,
0: coming from now, Esther, you're a horse racing expert.
3: Ooh. Ex-Jockey. Frustrated basketball, or as you guys are frustrated
0: <laughs> jockeys, so exactly. Exactly. bang. Ba-bang. Well tell you what, you'd probably do a better job shooting a through than I would have killing a horse if I jumped on its back, where though of course we'll throw you in that one. <laughs> Have you, have you watched much basketball? I do, I love all sports, I love watching highlight reels
3: of uh, any um, gifted athletes and uh, obviously the NBL and NBA are uh, outstanding uh, sports so uh, always nice to watch them and follow the Aussies in particular especially when they head abroad. It's a big weekend coming up, what do you like this weekend? Well, it was a great weekend last weekend because, you know, Bivouac uh, was able to get uh, the job done in the three-year-old Colson Gallery. <laughs> dishes Jesus Christ, SD, i like it's not out a, a a was racing. fantastic. What about Mystic Journey? She shortened up in the Coxplate <laughs> favouritism. Oh, we're talking about... Uh, is it New Zealand playing tonight or if Australia up? we have to bring the taser out on
0: you again, SD, this is the last time we've told you, you can't be talking about racing if it's a sports bet basketball podcast. Avilius. Follow Avilius in the wing stakes <laughs> on the weekend. Now, uh, looking forward to uh, the likes of
3: Paddy Mills, Joey Ingles, uh, Andrew Bogut. Um, obviously getting involved and lighting up for Australia. But there's a young fella on the way up and um, his name is Jock uh, La- uh, Landale. I think it is. Uh, he's he's the, nailed he, it. He's the new Jock guy. Landau. Yeah,
0: young bloke, 20-year-old Philly, I think he <laughs> Tell is. me a bit about him because all that's all I'm hearing about here at Sportsbet is Jock. Well, he's an absolute jet. Look, he's developed a long way from Europe. We saw Jock Landau at St. Mary's, and Andrew Gaze even came out on the commentary and said he thought there is no way, when Andrew com- when Andrew coached this bloke back in Melbourne, there is no way that he ever pulls on the green and goal. And he's gone over to St. Mary's, he's worked his ass off under Randy Bennett. He's gone over to Serbia, I believe it was at Partizan. He played at Partizan. Played at And just developed into the beast that we see out there today. Homicide, what did you, what did you see from Jock and... Was there anyone else out there? Do you see him as the future in terms of that center position once Bogut steps aside?
2: I think Jock Landell is the future of NBL Australian basketball outside of Ben Simmons. But Jock Landell is a fucking absolute stud. He has a great touch around the basket. He plays good defense. He's active. He's tough. He can shoot the three as well as put the ball in the hole. Like he, this guy's fearless, and he's only twenty three years old. You know, he went to Summer League, killed it, absolutely annihilated Summer League. NBA teams are all on him. However, he could not sign a deal in the NBA due to the, his commitments with Zalgiris in Lithuania. So um, he's done a two-year deal with them. And, um, you know, sky's the limit for him. As soon as he's done in Lithuania, just know he's going to the NBA.
0: Oh, he's only got – yeah, he's got one max two years over in Lithuania. I'd be surprised if they could even hold on to him for that second year. I'm not sure whether he'll come back and play summer league, but you're definitely going to see him in the NBA soon. Anyone else that jumps out for you, SD, or just the – Uh, What about the
3: coaching systems? I mean, uh, from from just a um, a recliner lover of basketball, (laughs) not in depth, um, systems in place to take on the world's best. Um, Have we improved with our coaching and uh, Mm. the game style that we're going to play?
0: Because we seem to get close and then we just (laughs) fail at the last hurdle. Well, that seems to be a recurring theme in Australian (laughs) basketball on the world stage for a long time now. Well... I don't think
1: we can take anything out of the two games that we played against Canada. And this is just a little bit of inside knowledge of what happens in a lead up tournament, like leading up to a massive tournament like the world champs or the Olympics is you don't show what you've got. No. You don't show your hand. Right. And so uh, Mike Brown, who's the assistant with the Golden State Warriors, he's sitting in the crowd in Perth, scouting Australia for the world champs and the games that are coming ahead. So I remember a game where we were playing against France and all we were allowed to do was run transition and one certain play. That was it for the entire game. Now, if you're a basketball player, you know how frustrating that is. And when you play at that level, teams work out how to defend something fairly quickly. So now it becomes a bit of a struggle and grind. And I remember everyone's going, oh, I don't know if this team's gonna win a game like at the world champs or the olympics which one yeah whatever one it is but there's a little cat and mouse going on right now and i can see a little cat and mouse being played in these upcoming games as well with the usa and what's going ahead so the the first we lose by 20 points in game one and we'll recap that in a second and then the twitter universe and the social media universe is like fuck Lamanis, get him out of here (laughs) he can't coach But then when you sit back and you have a look at it and you're like, okay, if I really think about the game, did we change our on-ball pick and roll coverage at all? Nope. No. Did we get out of the two or three sets that I watched that entire game? Nope. Nope. And so what was the purpose of the game? The purpose was to get the guys together to run up and down the court. Essentially, it's like a Monday night MSAC league game with only minimal structure but starting to build that chemistry, what combinations work, because we went through the entire roster of playing. Everyone got their little slice of the pie. Who showed up? Who made things happen? And going back to what you said, Jock Landau was the guy that was the standout of making things happen and getting in the right spot at the right time and finishing plays, where a couple of the NBL guys just struggled with that next step up Level of athleticism And speed They did And
0: on the topic of scouting It was the same thing When I played for You know the under 17 Especially in the under 17s They didn't Play They barely put me on the court During the uh, pre Sort of tournament games And then unfortunately The same thing continued Actually for the World Cup So (laughs) Unfortunately I'm not sure Whether it was scouting Or whether I just Fucking sucked
3: So (laughs) But Am I missing something here? But you can practice transitions, pick and rolls, defensive side, all that sort of stuff. But unless you're playing together and gelling together and understanding how one
0: another works, how are you meant to get it right just at the last minute? Well, it's tough. And, and there's the thing that worries me. You actually picked up on a good point there, Steve, because that's the thing that worries me. Because Canada's coming in at the same position as the Boomers on this. And they rested Fangos in the second game. And I understand that there were Australians rested as well. But Canada looked like they've gelled, they're together. You can only make so much improvement in that sense. And we talk about not bringing in sets and we're not getting coached by Greg Popovich here. It's Lamanis. It's a fairly simple set when we talk about the flow. It does worry me a little bit. And we mentioned before we came on air, though, that maybe our expectations, we still have the expectations that this is a fully stacked team with Simmons, Bolden, Brokoff, all of these guys. We're not with them. We don't have them, we're not going to have them for the World Cup. So I think, and and it sucks to say, and I feel like a pessimist, but I think we somewhat have to adjust our expectations that we're not coming into this tournament with the same team that we were expected to come in, but our expectations have not changed. And the ACCC would also say (laughs) that that it's not happening
1: with fake advertising as it would be. The thing that, we'll put that to the side, and with everyone complaining about, all right, we don't have the team that was put on paper. You know, we've had some pretty massive outs. Yeah. Um, you think that Ryan Brokoff is the biggest huge, out. Huge, huge. He's I, the glue guy. I, I still think Ben Simmons is the biggest out because you can put Paddy and Joe uh, around him. You can put shooters around him to play. Um, I just still feel optimistic that the core group of Bogut, Baines... Uh, Ingalls, Della Vadova, Mills.
0: Who have been together for a long time. Have We're been together for a long
1: time. That can flow again at any stage. And you've got enough scoring there and playmaking and rebounding to make it work. And they're pretty much across the board, great defenders as well. I get worried about the depth. And that's when I think we miss the other guys, Ryan, Brokoff, Ben, Dante, Uh, and Jonah. Jonah. We'll talk about Jonah as well. That's a huge out, but what do you see? Homicide from the group?
2: I mean, everything you just said is spot on. However, you know, with guys not being able, for whatever reason, to play with the Boomers this World Cup, you have guys like Chris Golden, Mitch Creek. These guys have opportunity now to step up. It's not always going to be the usual suspects. You know, whoever usually makes the difference in the team. It's never the guys that's really starting. You know what they're going to get. Those are the guys that are scouted heavily. You know what they're going to give you. It's other guys coming off the bench. What are they willing to contribute in the game when they're in there? You're on a national team for a reason. You need to put on when you have an opportunity to. And these guys have an opportunity now. They have to step up. That's what it's going to come down to. For me, you know, with every other team, you know the usual suspects. They've been there, but it's not them. It's the
1: others that have to step up. Now, SD, you, you'd know a couple of the older names of Australian basketball. You're Andrew Gazers, mm. you're Shane Hills. Yep. Now, one of the other greats, Luke Longley, mm. who's the assistant coach for the Australian team, came out and said that this group will be the best shooting group that Australia's ever seen.
3: Right, big goal.
1: When you think
0: about... He's come out and he he said that there's actually five shooters on this team. Now, we all know, we're going to actually speak on some comments from the great man Andrew Gaze later on, but he's come out and said, spoke about how good of a shooter Andrew Gaze and Shane Heal was, you know, back in their Olympic days. And he's come out and said that there are five players, up to five players on this team that shoot better than Andrew Gaze and Shane Heal. Now, we're not sure whether he was talking about that in the metrics of the drills that they do or what it is, but pretty bold
3: comments. So, question then, if they've got five great shooters... Who's top of the food chain? What's your pro- what's your process on game day? Who do you go to? Do you just use the five or do you actually have a platform that you're working off on in training and whatnot? And who's at the top of the food chain?
0: Well, you got to go but with Mills. Patty Mills is... Patty Mills.
3: Is a, I mean, we spoke about
0: it. Give him the rock and get the fuck out of the way. He's, He's the most player.
3: underappreciated player that we've had in Australian basketball. Top three. Mills one. Who would you go to second?
1: Probably took- Joe Ingalls. Probably Joey Joe Ingalls. Shooting? Yeah. Yep. yep. Yep, and then Chris Goulding probably third. Goulding and Glidden, you both put them on the same sort of
0: same sort of thing. If we're talking on a spot up scale, I'm probably going Glidden. If we're talking make his own shot, I'm going Goulding. So I've got a question for homicide.
3: There, you've got all these egos all coming together, and naturally gifted athletes that all like to play a role, and individually like to take control at some stage. How do you get them all on the same page off the court? Do you have a meeting? Do you rip the lid? off a few slabs and just get on the piss <laughs> and say, boys, we're well, in this together. Well, uh, homicide, well, what would you do to get the gang all together and on the same page?
2: Well, for me, one thing, I haven't had a lot of opportunity and time to be around the Boomers. But one thing they take pride on is we're all playing for the same country. They take pride in the green and and they understand it's team. There's no ego in that. So everybody drops their ego. Plus, you know, with that within that group, Bogan's the OG. The leadership group is solid and tight, and they have built a foundation on it's about us as a team, not as any individual. So if you ever even thought about coming in with the ego, that shit gets parked at the door. You know what I mean? Starting with Bogan. You got Mills, you got Baines, you got Delgado, you have a uh, an Ingalls, You know what I mean? You have a, a, a core leadership group that ensures that that Ego shit gets checked at the door. So it's no problem sharing the ball with that group.
0: Talking about ego shit getting checked at the door, it appears that that may or may not have taken place. And now I'm going to jump over to the comments by Andrew Gaze, which now Andrew Gaze is not a headline grabber. before
1: Before you get to that. I thought you were going to go down the route of the OG getting every one of the Boomers player to call Corey Carey. That was At cool. the bus. That was cool, and that was definitely
0: we got to give Bogut all the credit for that. Call uh, him Carey, and uh, you know what? Credit
1: to you, homicide. Aaron, you Aaron just Aaron called it. him Carey thirteen times in a fucking interview. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Man, so that was that was hilarious as hell, and you also you know that's got Bogut written all over it. Yeah, I'm all for the banter. It was all good. I think if you can give it you better be able to take it. That's just hey, all fun That's the sport. thing. So it's pretty cool, but I got something for his ass. Uh, the season start, you already know it. This, hey, I can't this wait. This going back and forth. I
0: can't, I can't wait. But Jumping on those comments from Andrew, and as I said, he's not a headline grabber. He's not the sort of dude to just come out here and say something. In my opinion, if it's not factual or he has some decent foundation behind it, and he's... Come out and said. I'm not sure the exact wording of the quote, but it was along the lines that Jonah Bolden is protecting his brand as pulled out of the Boomers because he didn't want to be playing behind Jock Landale. Now, I've known Jonah for a long time, and I know he's got pretty good character. I reckon he's a fantastic dude. But when you look at this, and when you get comments like that coming from a guy like Andrew Gates, and then you look who's back to who's a habitual
1: to, fence in- sitter, habitual fence sitter, mm. loves sitting on the fence, he lives he on the
0: fence because he's he's a non-confrontational dude. He doesn't drink. He's, he's just a nice dude. He's he's just a non-confrontational, super nice guy. But there's where it makes it interesting for me because you know I sort of I I sit back and I think you know what maybe maybe that is the case. You, you look at Jonah Bolden. He stepped back from UCLA when there were some issues with playing time. And positioning there, and now he's done the same thing with the Boomers. Is, is, it, is this an issue, and is this going to affect Olympic selection? Because if that's the case, you'd think that he's ruled himself out for the Olympics. So he's called him out. What do you think the reaction will be? I
2: mean, the reaction is not going to be anything. Jonah Bowman pulled out for whatever reason. He pulled out. We could only speculate and assume he's never going to come out. Even if that was true, and I'm not saying it's true, but even if it were true, he's not going to come out and say that. You oh, know, of course think about it. Nah. That's just one. Reason You can say, you know, just personal reasons, you know, I just want to get ready for the season or whatever. Can't nobody question that. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Maybe he felt like, all right, fuck it. I don't want to play behind anybody. I'm in the league. I don't want to play behind nobody I want to play more minutes, but that's just not what it is. So, you know, and I'm not saying that's what it is. But, but that- if it is that, well, it is what it is. I mean, this kid is, is – playing great basketball in the first two games. You know, from talking to some of the Boomers, we put his stamp in Boomers' training camp from day one. I'm all about business and getting buckets. That's what Jock Landale did. And, and, you know, when it's when it's translating on the court in the two games, regardless of his exhibition games or not, yo, he that, that's his spot. Period.
1: I um, I found the comments interesting in the sense that I could understand where what Drury was saying. I also felt sorry for Jonah Bolden during the two games. He had 11 minutes in game one, uh, where he, he only had two points, two rebounds, zero assists and two turnovers in 11 minutes. And then in game two, he had 12 points, five rebounds, two assists in 18 minutes. He was sort of the X factor that turned it around in the third quarter and got the things going. And it made us the Australian public like excited, like, this is our guy that can change the game, That's the way that he plays. it was such a shock. And, it was, yeah. of
0: course, we had players out, so we had more of an opportunity to jump up there. But if you're a young buck, man, you've got you to pay your dues with that. And if it is true, and we don't know if it is. We don't know. And, that, and that, let's stress that as um, well. I'm not throwing Jonah under the bus here. I'm don't, just saying that the comments to me mean more coming from Andrew Gaze than they do coming from some other journalist or whatever. Yeah. but if Or SD. If,
3: Yeah, or SD. But (laughs) what's the right thing to do then if you're the coach or you're the leadership group of this team trying to get a result for Australia? Do you get around him and nip it in the bud and put the fire out and
0: say this is where you belong? And what role you going to play? I think it's too late for that. I think this close to the World Cup. If if this sort of incident comes up three four months before the World Cup, then you nip it in the bud and you try to deal with it. But at this point, you got to do everything right now because we don't have the talent that we were going to have. We've got to make up for that in that sort of brotherhood, family, that sort of thing. Getting guys on board. And if you're not you're not all bought in at this point, then
2: yeah, you just not get out home. of there.
0: I I sort it of is. said like,
1: yes. I said yesterday,
2: There's no time for none of that. it's, it's, it's right around the corner.
1: And I said yesterday on Twitter, I think it was, I just said, while it's a big blow to lose someone as talented as what he is, they've sort, of been, they've sort of been like the next man up mentality yeah, forever and a day. And so while it is sad to see him not play and represent Australia for the first time in a major competition, someone else will step up and do the job. Yeah, no doubt. And, and we've never you. been dependent on an individual or a player. Someone's always Hello. stepped up and we've lost Corey.
0: We're having a bit of trouble there with Corey. Okay. I think he's going Hello. through customs right going now.
3: <laughs> so when you say someone no. else will step up, yeah. but they're not at his level <laughs> f- listening to you boys. Yeah. And is that where we've fallen over in the past, getting to the pointy end, getting back to playing and winning the, the ultimate goal? There we go. Right? Um, so who's going to step up? How, how do you replace someone like that?
0: Well, there's the issue. and you are replacing? I think at the moment it's probably more of a defensive replacement. And that's well, where we be... get into the talk at the moment, which is super interesting with the guy that is being talked to potentially replace him, which is coming out of completely left field, David Barlow. Oh, I thought you were about to say me. <laughs> but it, it, I'm on the equal level of shock. And I love Dave Barlow. I, I actually reckon it's a really good fit if that is the case. And an interesting one here, shout out to Joe's from NBL Pocket Podcast for noticing this one. But David Barlow is currently listed on the Boomers roster on the FIBA website.
2: I mean, you know, David. Barlow, That's an interesting typo. David Barlow's been there before and done it. That's a quality yeah. person to you trust know what you get in. You know, you also have Mitch Creek as well. Guys have opportunity now to step up. Look what happened. Mitch Creek wasn't on the team a week ago. You know, very unfortunate what happened with Xavier Cooks. Mitch gets an opportunity on, and now Jonah Bolin departs. And, you know, it just seems like there's more and more of an opportunity for Mitch Creek to get on this court. You bring Barlow in, that's cool too. You know what Barlow's going to get. He's been there before. You know, but again, this is an opportunity for Mitch Creek as well.
0: No, I think think it's huge. And look, this could be an interesting bit of a Cinderella story for Mitch Creek being left out of the team. And now with Jonah pulling out, he's going to have much more of an opportunity. But due to time constraints, we'll jump over to the games that are coming up. With Team USA, the ones that have been marketed, the big bill, the main event, Team USA taking on Australia. Now, as a as a casual recliner fan, SD, I'll get you to jump in here. And a lot of fans are not happy with the USA team that has been presented to us. Yep. So I'm going to list off some names that are on the team. And just as a casual fan, you know, casual NBA watcher, I want to tell you if you recognize them and you'd be <laughs> Happy. Well, tell, tell us what team they play paying, for. Paying currently. substantial money. We'll give it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> As give the it. eye roll happens. Clearly it's set up. Go so on. we'll jump through. Harrison Barnes. Uh, right. Who's he play for? Nah. Jalen Brown. Bulls. <laughs> Joe Harris. Jazz. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma. Spurs. <laughs> Brooke Lopez. Nah. <laughs> Chris Middleton. Golden State. Donovan Mitchell. Nah. Mason Plumlee. Mm, Celtics. Marcus Smart. <laughs> no. Nah. Jason Tatum. No, nah, you got me. Miles Turner. No. Nah. Kemba Walker.
3: Walker can't help you there. Derek White. Bulls.
1: Yeah, you're, you're an ofer.
0: You ofer. did really well. Now, see, there's the issue because this game was marketed to general right. NBA fans. So, so as a punter listening to yeah. Trash
3: Talk, and I want to have a bet, I want yeah. to have a bet, right? Push me into something. US have clearly got their B team in, what we're saying here. Or B or B, C, D. I'm not sure D. how far down does the yeah. alphabet go. Right. So my opposition, Australia, is can I rule out USA winning this? No, you can't rule so them having out. a punt? No, you can Why can't? not then?
1: Because if you look at our roster, you might not know the names, but for the the basketball fans that do know it, Donovan Mitchell is an out-and-out Every player
0: on that USA team is a walk-up starter. For the Boomers. For the Boomers. For the Australian team. So people have to remember this. And it's also maybe a little bit more dangerous because sometimes when you bring in these veterans, you're talking LeBron, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, if they're playing in an exhibition game, Mm. they don't give a fuck. They really don't care about an exhibition game. They're about the World Cup, that's what they came to play. Whereas these guys, there's a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Everyone's been laying shit on this team for a long time saying, oh, how are these guys? This, this, a, this Is this an opportunity to lift their dockets lift up? Lift their, their value. They're young guys. There's quite a few oh. guys out here that are heading into contract years. So, so they do- want to light it up. They want to light it up. So this, for me, actually should push Australia's odds out further than if we were playing a superstar lineup, Because this team wants to play and they're going to want to win to show that...
3: Yeah, so this isn't this is a USA team. top four Australia. Yeah, you got them in the top four. Who else? Give me another two teams that I want to be having a fun on. Serbia, Serbia, Serbia. Yeah, I do, interesting. S-
0: Greece,
1: Greece. I think Greece. Greece, is, Greece could be a smoky Greece right, right now. One. I'm not sure
0: their exact odds right now for the World Cup, but they are a serious. They've smokey. got the best player, the
1: the, the the reigning MVP of the NBA. close oh, yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got the to play for him. Him. There's oh, the yeah,
3: one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a God. Yeah, Pardon but
1: that, I mean there is. There is plenty still to like about this team USA team. I think they you're right. The one reason that Australia could get them, and I think should get them, is A, we've had the two practice matches. Do so you think Australia
0: should win these games against USA? Or at least one
1: of them? At least one of them, yes. Jeez, wow. jeez. And I'm saying I'm saying that and this is my logic. We've had two practice games against Canada.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Team USA just came in 48 hours ago. So they get, they've had one practice session yesterday. They'll
3: have a practice session. Is that not normal? Or is it just hard to get this group of players in earlier? It's just hard. And a stop-start sport like basketball just it really, really right. puts some weight on the legs. So you're thinking yeah. they'll be underdone early?
1: I think the legs might be a little bit heavy. A lot of them have never been to Australia before. That's a – I mean, homicide can tell us. That's a hell of a trip. He just – when did you get back, mate? Like two weeks ago? A week ago? Yeah, it's if a hell it's, of a trip,
2: but Team if, USA will win both games. Let's cut the bullshit. They that's what I'm saying. It, oh, thank you, Homicide. It, and let's cut the bullshit. They're going to win. Pangos, they're going to drop one. If Pangos would have played game two, Australia would not have won. Let's keep it a buck. Keep <laughs> it a buck here. They would not have won.
1: But we, uh, Patty and Bogut didn't play game two either.
2: And guess what? What? They played game one and took a loss. Pangos was the key. We just Coach sat him down. Right? I'll tell you team what. Team USA is not losing when
0: they play. They're not losing. I th- right now, they've got the line set at 12.5. I think what? the USA, what the line is 12.5. Gamble
2: responsibly. What is that line? Gamble, Gamble
0: responsibly. The Gamble line is 12.5. And I think the team USA eclipsed that line. Really? How much
1: is the line? 12.5. 12.
0: 12.5. 12.
2: Okay, what maybe uh, maybe that, because... That they will win by, right?
1: Yeah. Maybe because I'm a former boomer.
2: And how much? How much? Is the,
1: you've got pride on the line. There's I've, got, I've got more than just a bet. I've got a bit of pride on the line, and I, I know. And and, <laughs> I, and I and I, oh, mate. I can't. If you've never been in that system, I don't think you can fully understand what it means.
2: I understand. And, I mean, I understand your point. And you know, I totally understand. Your and point. the
1: fact that this has been built up, and now they're saying, "All right, if I'm a Boomers team member right now, I'll be like." Fuck those guys for not coming over. If this is a totally. team, if this is a team you want to send over, mm. fuck them. We're going to put sixty thousand people in our stadium cheering for us,
0: and we're going we, to win.
1: And we're going to fucking win. There's my, my
3: now. Wow, really?
1: There's my
0: issue. I don't know whether they're going to be cheering for us, the most, a lot of these fans. There's a lot of people in Australia that are just so American basketball-oriented that they might have be there in Team USA. I think when, I
1: mean, they're going to be oohing and Aaron in the fucking warm-ups when they're doing their windmill yeah. dunks and all that, but when it comes down to it,
2: <laughs> they're going to yeah, be... Yeah, <laughs> <though. laughs> But when it comes down I to, to up, it,
1: baby. if you don't did fucking follow up. Australia in these games and you're Australian fucking you lose your citizenship.
0: Yeah, I was. Bad. You get it. you had to pull an Alan vote. Jones then.
3: <laughs> Revote. And one of the most important questions from uh, the undercover brothers out at Frankston want to know <laughs> which teams are going to punch on first. Which team's absolutely going to just light it up and just physical, physically punch on and just... At know, the World Cup?
1: Yeah. The it's Philippines,
3: it's, obviously. The Philippines. Right. Are they they're mate, not mate, in it? Yes, they are. They,
1: they? So, yeah. they are in it? Oh, God. Right.
3: Good punch on. Did,
1: did, did you see the fight between the Philippines and Australia? <laughs> <laughs> mate,
3: it was outstanding. It was just oh, arms yeah. it and legs, cock and ribs. Fashioned. It was just good all old over the old-fashioned chair-throwing.
1: Settle <laughs> a dispute. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. No,
1: um, but... Oh, you've got me. Fuck you, Homicide. You got me pissed
0: off. <laughs> I think, no, 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 no. But I think, and look, as much as it's different, I don't have the pride. Did we think, did we think Canada cool. had a shot before game one? Against, yeah. You thought Against Canada, Australia. You thought Canada had a shot? Yes. Definitely. Come on, man. To beat Australia? Olly. Most Definitely. No, most definitely, and I told a lot of people at six dollars fifty Canada were amazing. Odds why, why that in What's that first game, and they won? <laughs> what have they got? They've Go just I'm not really not sure. They've got the, one of the best coaches in basketball, and Nick Nurse, right? Which is which is a Hello. start. But I just wasn't a huge fan of Australia's preparation for it. I think there's been so much. And one of my main arguments for Canada winning was that Australia's focus in this one is to beat USA. Six fifty. That's where yeah. their mind's at. Their mind is leading up to Marvel Stadium. That's what they've all been talking about. And I know they've all been talking about this. They're not worried too much about the Canada game. Sponsored by the Mighty Sportsbet, Sponsored by too. the Mighty Sportsbet Wait. as well. You've got to back Sponsor. the underdog in there. <laughs> and you know what? I'm, Sportsbet might have been paying a bit too much for the sponsorship. If Bunter's had to back Canada in that one at $6.50, it would have turned out to be an expensive venture. Yeah, while well, you're upset there, were they? What's wrong, mate? Oh, you got me flustered. Flustered? Like well, and I like that. But you know what? Maybe <laughs> if Passion's more of the Boomers players it. right now were as passionate as you are about representing the jersey, we'd have a pretty fucking good team out there. But the passion that you show right now Hello. doesn't appear. Hello, homicide. The passion that you show right now <laughs> does not appear to be the overriding factor at the moment. And I know back in the day, there was a huge amount of that. And I know whenever people speak about the Boomers jersey, and I think there are dudes on the team that have it. You talk about Joe Ingles, Patty Mills, Della Vadova, that's a huge factor for him. There's no way Joe Ingles is missing a World Cup or any sort of international contest. Or Paddy. Or Paddy. Or Delhi. So maybe that's what we or need. Baines. You know what? Maybe you're not yeah, the worst. I mean, no and <laughs> if, that, yeah. if,
1: if that's yeah. if that's your core group, then the yeah. rest fall into line.
0: Mm. I hope so, because Jonah didn't fall into line. By the sounds of it, on Gazy's comments.
1: Yeah, well, literally right now. Well, but would you ra- would you rather
0: Jonah out now and and yeah, do yeah. a self- Maybe it's a selfless thing and pull out now if you don't feel like you're going to be fully invested, pull out now, allow someone like Dave Barlow to be able to come in and take that spot. Because i tell you what, I really like the addition of Dave Barlow. And this is the other thing. If that is the case, if that's what's this going to happen. This is the other thing. Joe Ingalls can play at four internationally. Joe Ingalls can play wherever the hell Joe Ingalls likes. Because
1: he, if you remember back to the last Olympics, can we fix they this played call? a little Guys, bit. I can't
2: hear you.
1: They played. No, no, you've <laughs> got to go to the departure gate before, about 30 minutes before the flight. And then... Joe Ingles played a little bit of the four at Rio, and it sort of changed around that now we had a playmaker in the fourth spot, and yeah. in the flow offence, someone who has a handles, can shoot the ball well, it sort of opened up the court a little bit more and allowed them to be more free-flowing. So, I don't know. I, like I said, Jonah's a big blow to our aspirations of a medal. But... I don't think it matter who you bring in at this point. And I love that Dave Barlow, ex-teammate. I've done World Cups and uh, Olympics with Dave. Awesome that he's got himself in a position to be back in the team after what would almost be what? Well, I remember saying that all year. Was six the, or eight years the ago. The year that
0: I played with him at United, he had a back injury the entire season. He wasn't himself. Yeah, He could barely do anything. Everyone was saying, oh, this might be his last year. It's like As soon as he got better from that... One of the most improved players in the league. Most importantly, what's going to be the halftime entertainment in between these
3: matches? Meatloaf. Really? No, probably not. <laughs> <I've> seen, <laughs> yeah, we've seen some crackers over the time. Obviously, you've got your uh, aerob- uh, aerobatics uh, with the bouncing on the mini tramp and Duncan and it's been cheers. A, it's overkill with the aerobatics for mm. me. Here you get your $50,000 three. Well, what can we do to light it up this year? Have we got well, any ideas for the people that are going to watch, the punters.
0: What can we do to light it up at well, halftime? Well, judging by the price of the ticket, it better be ACDC. Because that might just restore oh, faith from the fans, but I'm not sure we haven't. We haven't. That's a great point because we haven't heard about mm. anything. There's got to be some sort of. It's an opportunity for this to be an unbelievable event.
3: Put the show on the road and get people involved in it because it's just heading north like uh, NBA is unbelievable. So what can we do How halftime long? to keep them there and say, "Geez, this is a great event." How long does it take to get a camel down from Darwin? That's a good question.
0: Well, the to game's do. on Thursday. We we'll
1: be, able be to get it for the Saturday. We'll uh, get Luke Hodge in his uh, now retirement. Now you late life camel. I <laughs> know. Uh, no, it's a great question. I, I think there's going to be someone huge coming out and playing at halftime. Well, Red, that's probably a good thing Red, because
0: there's no one huge coming out and playing during the regular game. Red Panda. So.
2: <laughs> oh, Red
1: Panda. Bring but Red I, Panda. Do you know about an, Red Panda? Can't tell me. If you're an it.
0: NBA fan and you don't know who Red Panda is, then you obviously don't watch enough league pass. Oh. Red Panda is
1: a, a lady that rides a unicycle and flips bowls from her foot up into her head. And bowls. Now we're talking, and <laughs> what, she like, she, she goes, Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> pretty much any day of the week, she'll be in a different city doing the same routine all the way along and right? it starts panda. off starts off with what like 3
0: Three plates and then and it moves then it bowls whatever to, they are and then it moves
1: up to twenty. Yeah, it gets up to motorcycle yeah, like like flips a leg up. They all land on her head one after the other. Perfect. Quite yeah. and we're shocked
0: every time that none it of the bowls like, are broken. Like, how the
3: fuck does she do that every day of the week? Now the Harlem Globetrotters were great entertainment. Can we think about something like that? An Australian version of something like that to entertain the kids and the families, that sort of stuff. The basketball. The game probably half time of the basketball uh, game. Best yeah. to commentate on the Harlem
1: Globetrotters. Yeah, right. well, I think Unfold. we might have lost Thomas. <laughs> yeah. I think you might have
0: jumped on the plane. <laughs> yeah. No
1: tricks. Well, uh, Skills. I reckon it's going to be a band.
0: Personally, yeah. I think there's going to be a band that comes out and plays at halftime. Oh, but see with the, with the way that they've advertised it so far, I reckon that they would have said someone's coming out. I just don't think that they'd be able to keep that under the rug for that long. If it I'd, was, if it I was, I think someone. they've gone into crisis mode.
1: This is this is my
0: theory. Just trying to keep people happy.
1: Yeah, once I think it will be a nice surprise if someone massive comes out.
0: Well, you've got to look at who's touring at the time, and I'm sure you could you could put some research into it. Maybe Fleetwood Mac is
1: currently touring.
0: Well, remember Lionel Richie came out of the AFL Grand Final when they had no one after that was after the drawn Grand Final, which I think was Meatloaf dancing on the ceiling, and then came out and just tore it apart. It was fantastic,
3: fantastic. So we so we look OS or do we look local like uh, Hilltop Hoods? They were great. They had a sellout at uh, Rod Laver Arena just recently. Oh, yeah. Mm. Wearing that Grosby sweater. I mean, <laughs> we'd all get involved, wouldn't we? Absolutely. All oh, right. well, that's just you know, it's halftime
0: it's, entertainment's a big key. There's some if good it, stuff on the ticket's cards.
3: very pricey.
0: Well, that's the thing. The ticket's have been pricey. There's some anger out there. But you've got to remember that you're still watching superstars, world-class players, Kemba Walker. And you know what? I still don't think the game, and I'm sorry, whether we're going to get a bit flustered again. I don't think the game is going to be as competitive. That's the second pen that's uh, been lost to this comment. Mister
3: negativity,
0: Mister pessimistic.
1: No, I'm the, I'm the optimist. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 all for Australia. I'm all in on their boomers. Right.
3: Now, what about merch? 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 Merchandise? They'll oh, pump, they've been pump, pump, it, pump they've been they They've pumping it in. out. Who's the number one jersey? What's the number one jersey? jersey? We we've, we've spoken about for Patty the boomers, Ingles, uh, uh, Andrew Bogut. Uh,
1: it might be Lando. I'm going to I'm going to say it's going to be Patty Mills because the lead up right. game before the game is the Indigenous All Stars that is true versus the Kingdom of Hawaii and it's the right. first indigenous basketball game in Victoria that's ever been played mm. and they're actually playing tonight the Indigenous All
3: Stars nice. uh, yeah. out of the State Basketball Centre but Patty, I'm going to go Patty Mills to sell jerseys all right now who's the worst bloke in the Australian Boomers team that just gives nothing doesn't doesn't sign anything and whatnot. he's just got a lift in that area oh, that was oh. amazing. Oh,
0: geez, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like everyone's pretty good at the moment. No, I feel like there's someone like your That's a narc.
1: No, I don't think. I don't think there actually is in this group. Barlow's a narc, Christ. And it's been. I love Barlow, but he's a narc. He is a narc. Is he?
3: Barlow? So yeah. who, who's the best player? Is it? Was it Paddy Mills? Just stays around, signs autographs, gets photos, just gives the people what they want. I think so it's Paddy and Joe. Paddy and Joe. Yeah, we is Deli. Cool because it's two of them. Delhi, we're going Delhi. he's a Gandhi, he is it like.
1: For those three, all right, arguably the top three, yeah, four names in the roster. But those three in particular are just outstanding with what they do with their time. Uh, Paddy Mills was in Mildura yesterday mm. uh, starting a new campaign a for fresh water for the people down there and... I mean, they they just do an unbelievable job. They're, they're really good ambassadors.
3: I know he's not them. with us. I mean, I'm side... On the, on the court, compared to some of you guys, he looks relatively small, but what, he's six one, six two. Yep. He, compared to me, I mean, come on, <laughs> uh, vertically challenged, but he's quite tall. So it's remarkable to actually walk around you guys, but actually to watch you play the sport and be as quick as you are and your cardio is phenomenal, it's really good to go and watch them live, some of these but good and, fellas. And it's
1: interesting you bring that up because obviously afl is like the biggest sport in australia still and everyone talks about like buddy franklin that he's an absolute freak absolutely but when you go to a basketball court there's like 10 buddy franklins you know yeah. that uh ambidextrous that can run fast that have got strength that can jump all sorts of, and so you put him in the freak mold in the afl and then you put him next to someone, even like someone like Felix. <laughs> Felix would make him look small. Yep. I'll
0: tell you yep. what the issue is, though. And I got a lot of respect for the footy blokes because one hip and shoulder, I reckon my collarbone might be on the other side of my body.
2: True. So you've got, so, there, there is so
0: durability it, stuff. There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it. So, so
3: physicality, once again, as a recliner, this bloke sits on the recliner <laughs> and goes, yeah, great, love these boys. You know, have a look at them. How's the weather up there? Physicality. We watch footy, we watch rugby, all that sort of stuff. How close can you get to it before getting fouled physically? If you were going out there to intimidate a opposition player and you had to get on him, jump on him... What have you learnt throughout your time in basketball that you can push the envelope with?
0: Well I think you've got the resident expert sitting across from you. I was more one that just didn't like to enter the keyway and I'd spend a lot of my he time lining up out, from outside. He was an outside. I was a, player. Right. I was a shooter. He was more, than waiting for the handball on the outside. My lover, not a fighter. Isaac Smith, a winger. Yeah. <laughs> so
3: physicality, elbow, standing on toes, shoulders. What, what can you do? Can you, you can do a you can
1: do a lot, and I think uh I think growing up, like my grandfather used to say, I don't want to watch basketball. If I wanted to watch basketball, I'd just watch netball. As a reference of, (laughs) you know, basketball's not physical. And then when I first came uh, back to Australia to play professionally at the Sydney Kings, I got him a seat right underneath the basket in the corporate box just so he could see what goes on in a key way as far as a physicality. And after that, he was transformed into a basketball fan because he was like... Shit, like that's a lot more physical than what, yeah, you know, I thought basketball was. And so, what are you allowed to get away? Like, obviously, AFL, NRL, union—that's another level of physicality. Yep. If if we could tackle, I would have been an even better basketball player, but you can't. <laughs> but the fact is, you hold, you use your body constantly. It's it's all about body position. It's almost like a midfielder who has to keep his feet and learn how to protect himself all at once. That's a constant in the basketball because you've got people running up to try and set screens on you. You've got to have your head on a swivel. You've got to be alert at all times, but expect that sort of contact at any stage. And I was lucky enough to be able to go up to the international level and... While the skill level rises slightly, it's the physicality and the speed of the game that changes. And I think you find that through any sport, any level, the things that go up are the speed and the physicality. And so, and you thrived on that, that I made you loved, a better player? I loved it. and I think it was a byproduct of me being a country kid mm. and I was playing division one men's basketball in Bunbury, mm. go Bunno. <laughs> <laughs> At the age of fourteen, yep. the first game I ever played, a guy tried to take off my face with his elbow, and someone one of my teammates came off the bench and choked him against the wall. That's the sort of physicality that I got exposed to as a fourteen-year-old. That, if you live in a city like yep. Melbourne,
3: you don't get that. You got to play in your age group, and you needed much. that to fire up like a Luke Hodge, James Sisley. They'll cop a bit of action if they're playing quiet. They'll actually get into us. Uh, and that up. was
0: me too as a basketball player. I used to just right. fire up and. And it's interesting because you and you were and we talk about how tactical it is with the physicality because we played against each other and you were never just you know put you in the gym the strongest dude on the court, but one of the toughest in terms of that like you could move a dude out of the way pretty easily because you're using your hips and all these all, all all these other sort of things so you sometimes can't judge a book by its cover, in a lot of senses when it comes yep. to the dudes that are real like Montrezl Harrell yep. in the NBA a guy like that he's not the most you know physical.
1: Dominated at 26, presence. mate.
0: I had the dad strength. You know how you, you hold a baby <laughs> in
1: your arms for,
3: for hours on end, and then yeah, you yeah. give it to your mate, and then your arms, like, oh, my arms get a bit tired. Yeah. <laughs> what give me one day where they said, Were well, though, you got to stop this bloke? Don't care how you do it, and you push that over the limit.
1: Uh, I was playing for Australia, playing against Spain, playing against uh Rudy Fernandez. Ooh, uh, and Rudy, Rudy was known as a bitch, oh. uh, plain and simple, and uh. I pretty much got told, don't care what you do, take him out of the game. And uh, I just wore him like a cheap suit. He, he, he couldn't get any time he tried to go off a screen, I'd just push him further. I pushed him into the corporate box once just to send a message. See the um, only
0: yeah. the only time that I've ever had it was against Spain as well. Mm. Ilmaine Diop. Now he plays for he plays for some European team. He had a little snip in the NBA. But it was Guy Malloy that <laughs> for some reason told me like, you know, he, he hard fouled and he hard fouled Dante. Yeah. And he told me to go out and get him. And I went out there and I was like, fuck it. Yeah, I'm going to just elbow this dude clean in the side. Something like that. I was, I'm just going to smack this guy. Yeah. So I'm down, someone was shooting free throws. We we're both standing, the DeOps right next to me. And he turns to me, I forgot what he said, but he said something super nice. Like, hey, sorry for hurting your friend or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, no worries bro uh, and then we get in the locker room And Kyle's like You fucking bitch Yeah, yeah <laughs> Not doing anything I like, in. What am I going to do the dude's like, It's like the longest yard scene Like yeah. I broke in your toy Like that sort of thing I was like You broke my rules."
3: Felix We spoke about physicality but How do you shake a tagger? Do you? How, how does basketball Shake their tagger? Do they get their mates involved in Coach I want to come out
0: Put me on the bench <laughs>
3: Simple
1: as that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's,
0: usually, it's going to be you hit them with a hard back screen. Is right. usually the, the way work? to go. So right. you just you just go yeah. up to them and stand there and you run them into it. Usually, right. we, usually, usually it's, it's when it's they're niggling your teammates. Yeah, yeah. The, the refs do a good job. I know in college as a shooter, I got it a bit because people noticed that it flustered me a bit. The physical, like not right. that I didn't like being physical, but as a shooter, you like to get in your rhythm, you get in the zone, that sort of thing. So when you're getting someone just niggling you, it, it always annoy me and yeah, and that sort of stuff. So it threw it, it threw me off my game, and it worked throughout my career, but. There's really not much you can do, the refs, if you, if you just... I, I used to just... God, I sound like a pussy. I used to just tell the ref and say, hey, watch this guy. He's just yeah. elbow him in the yeah. side, the ref would go, quit enough. it, yeah. that, that sort of thing. But then other people, yeah, you can set a hard screen, you do all types of things. It's usually not too legal, but it'll quieten someone. My, uh,
1: my one was wait until the foul count got to four and then over-exaggerate <laughs> to get me to the foul line. Yeah. And I'd get two easy free throws. And so I wouldn't complain... Yeah. For anything that wasn't in the bonus. Yeah. And then once it got to the bonus time yeah. and someone tried to be a bit more physical with me, I'd just put a little bit of mayo on it. <laughs> and then the referee would be stupid enough and be like, you can't do that. Mm.
3: And then I'd get two easy points from it. Very. I tell you what, I'm learning a lot here and I'm learning a lot, but I want to learn more about the upcoming competition. Tell me three things that I don't know. About this upcoming competition, uh, USA, Canada, Australia. Give me three things I'm going. I don't know. I'm going to learn leading into this comp.
1: I think. Uh Serbia has just been dealt a massive blow in Milos Teodosic not playing. He's been ruled out now. A couple of the European powerhouses aren't going to be. Look, this and the annoying I think, thing, it's, I think it's going to be the most open World Cup that we've seen in a long time. Huge sure. job, and that's
0: why I say Greece. Look, Greece have put up... They, they went to OT, I believe it was with Serbia. Yep. Teodosic less Serbia, but they went to overtime. So there's a chance there, and you, you know you give them some momentum. Giannis is impossible to stop in the NBA, and he's even, it appears to be even harder to stop in the fever game, which is weird because he doesn't have a great jump shot, but it's just that length, it, it, it really just remarkable to watch. And if you yep. are going to watch a game, probably try to watch a game where Greece is involved. Right-o. Spain's a little down right now. Well, huge, Spain have been hit harder than Australia have in terms of talent. Yep. So this is, you know, we talk about maybe we should lower our expectations for Australia, but you lower everyone else's expectations. So maybe you, le- you level out the playing field a bit there and, there could be, you never know. Sometimes there's a, an African nation that comes out and surprises everyone. All right, so Greece, watch out.
3: Who's going to be MVP at the end of this?
1: Well, I think the leading scorer of the competition is going to be Paddy Mills again. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been doing it time and time again for a couple, couple of tournaments now. And I think we saw in that first game in Perth versus Canada that he has that, that license and that free range to shoot early. And I think Andre Lamanis... Is starting to learn the way he's got to play this year in the NBL, which is going to be a little bit more fast paced and take risks in the first eight seconds of the shot clock, where he has typically been, let's work it through to get a better shot at the end of the shot clock. So Ooh. if they uh, unleash the chains, I can definitely see Patty because. You've got two great playmakers in Joe Ingles and Matthew Delvadova that it. can Give it to create Pitt. and get the ball to him in the right spot. Yeah. But Paddy's still one of the best shots you'll see in the league and
0: scores. Yeah. Another one for me is Didi Lozada. Luzada, however we can pronounce that one. Next stars what a great name, Didi <laughs> Her next stars play. I'd love to see Brian Taylor announce that one on the broadcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll be at a so he's signed with the Sydney Kings under the controversial next star's Agreement, which for him is, of course, he's already a, a pro. Yeah. Probably shouldn't be under that, but you know what? They found a bit of a grey area there and they've locked him in. Now's the time we're really going to be able to see where we're going to rank Sydney. Because if he comes out and starts putting... He's playing for Brazil. If he comes out and puts in an all-star sort of performance, which a lot of people think he could do for Brazil, then we're going to start having to look at Sydney as a serious contender. He, um, I looked at their roster this morning. I
1: mean, it's pretty much the same roster that I used to play against with yeah. Anderson Varejao, uh, uh, Huertas uh, Barbosa experience. all those guys they've got a lot of experience but what he showed in the summer league and then he's transfer tough. he's going to be tough he's tough and you mentioned like
0: Huertas has been around for a long time Brazil is going to be a tough team as well so you really can't sleep on them absolutely alright boys
3: give me the headline at the end of the World Cup for the 6 o'clock news done and dusted the headline is Australia fuck it up again Thank Felix. Strong, strong. Were they?
1: Um, USA doesn't medal. (laughs) Oh,
3: The C team doesn't medal. Because
1: hear me out. International competition is all about the three ball. And Benino, like we're touted as one of the better three-point shooting teams. Definitely. And we saw in game one, uh, if I look at my stats here, in game one, we shot 17%, six of 34 from three, okay? While Canada was at 40%. So this, this shows you. Game two, uh, we were at 38%, 12 of 38. They were at 28% at seven of 25. Now, all that being said, if I look at the team USA, Roster, obviously, they've got shooters around them. What sort of style are they going to play? And are they going to be too individual where they get into the keyway and people want to make plays like those
0: flirters just below the foul line? I think Popovich coaching changes that a bit. I think he's got enough respect throughout that group, especially because it's young players. That he's got enough respect for them to be able to buy into that system a little bit. But when you talk about them not med I still think that they're gonna smack Australia in these games. But when you talk about them not meddling, that is a possibility because, because you, it t- they t- they takes one impl- game. Because they could implode. They could implode, and then if they're playing for a bronze medal, are they like, oh, fuck this, that sort of attitude? And when you've got a young team, that can creep in a bit more. Does Kuzma get annoyed that he's not getting the shots over Jason Tatum? Is Jalen Brown saying, hey, you know, I I agreed to play for this team so I could actually show what I can do? Donovan Mitchell starts having a bad tournament. We know exactly where he's going with that. He's still putting up 30 shots a game. So there's where potentially, I I can agree with you on that, where there's, there's a chance that they may not medal.
3: I'm exhausted. I feel like I've played the World Cup. <laughs> I've learnt so much, boys. Mate, are
1: we uh, are we um, a chance to get on three wide, no cover? What's, what's the going?
3: award winning racing
0: podcast? I'll three wide, wide, no cover, yeah, yeah. voted by the public. That is sorry, we only made number one in Australia. Is <laughs> that our? our podcast if I was giving for our tips sports. on three wide, no cover. I will tell you what, this company will make a lot of money. You
3: are welcome. But I've got a little multi just to leave you with, okay, for the weekend <laughs> yep. sports Jump on your new sports bet app, folks, because it's all right there. It's foolproof. Hey, even Mister T can use it. Wait, you say it? Ooh. <laughs> I'm going Avilius to win the Wink stakes on Saturday. Ooh. into Paddy Mills MVP. Hey,
0: there we go. There's my little because you can do that now. You can mix your racing and your sport. What a world we live Whoa. in. It's been a pleasure, SD. Gamble responsibly. <laughs> yes, if you are going to throw that one on. Yes. But thank you, SD. We appreciate the airport for allowing Homicide to sneak his phone through customs and get on the get on the <laughs> line with us. though, fantastic and passionate as always. We're not sure when we'll be back, but hopefully fairly soon. But enjoy these next few games, and remember, we get it. LeBron's not there. Steph Curry's not there. The pack your enjoy shit up. Enjoy it. Enjoy Barrett the Australia. Come on, Barrack for the Boomers. Remember the red hot shot, according to Wertho. But anyway, thank you. Thank you.